0: So tonight I want to do I want to do sort of what we usually do, but I also want to do something a little different because it's the beginning of the new year. Um, probably because I had a whole lot of time off <laughs> uh <laughs> through December, um, which is
1: really good for me because I think it just it also yeah. gave me some time just to, to be with the Lord, to study,
0: to to do a lot of stuff that I haven't had a chance to do for a while. And as we look at our passage today, um, we're actually in John seven. We are Anybody remember when we actually started um, going through John? <laughs>
2: like
0: six months ago, I think. Yeah, so we started. Uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, very good. So it was on June <laughs> June 7th is when we first started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, wow. does anybody remember, um, other than Dale and Eric can't answer this question because <laughs> we talked about today, um, anybody remember... The question, if you were here on that very opening of John, anybody remember the question as to what I asked at the beginning of that study to everybody personally? Mm-hmm.
2: Personally?
0: In other words, I had each person answer the question. All right, so the question was... I think i Uh-huh, yeah.
3: What's the central message in the first... Chapter. Sure.
1: No, that was before mm-hmm. we even started, John. What is John. it? Why was the relationship? Book of, with, uh, a relationship with Jesus? Okay, but well, I think one was why was the book of John written, and then the other one was what does it mean to believe? Okay, Did all right. Okay.
0: So I'm going to go back even before mm-hmm. that. So the question was I asked each of you as we started um, for those people who are here was why are you here? <laughs> What, why, what What is the purpose of you coming tonight? What's the purpose of being part of this Tuesday night group? Okay. And it was really fascinating. Actually, it was a blessing to hear people go around and talk about why are they here? I mean, you guys are all, you know, could be doing something else. But you've always chosen to be here. And so it was fascinating as we went around and heard different people answer mm-hmm. that question as to why they're here. Um, and out of that discussion, too created something that actually I ended up using in one of my sermons, which was Dale's response to that, which was we started getting into this discussion of who am I, all right? And uh, out of that, Dale, I think, I'm putting words in your mouth, Dale, so correct me, but in essence that, that so much of who we are is defined by what we do, all right? And what we, I sort of, in that discussion happened because That's one of the things the Gospel of John opens with, is trying to say, answer the question, who are you now that you're a believer in Christ? Um, And so I thought a lot about that question over December, but also was thinking that that was me asking all of you and all of you sharing, why are you here? But I want to try to answer tonight... The question of as to what what do I see as and I guess you could say leader, but the one facilitating this group. What do I see as the purpose of this group? Why does this group exist? Because there's a lot of different types of groups that guys can be part of. You know, you could be part of a bowling group. You could be part part of whatever different type of group, but. As we get together, what's why are we here? for my, you know, what what do I want to see in a sense? What's the purpose I see for this group? Because obviously, if what I see is different from what you see, <laughs> you sort of have a clash here. What is it that I say? Why why do we get together like this? All right, and part of what I think is really in my heart with that is, you know, as Jeff, as, you know, the vision of our church is to become more like Christ, and really that's. That's a message throughout Scripture, okay, in one form or the other, however you characterize that. And when we become Christians, it's not just about us being saved and going to heaven, but it's about some definitive change in our life, (laughs) and a change that is moving us to become more and more like Christ. And I think my hope for me and for all of us is as we get together on Tuesday nights, is for us to be a group where we're keeping that in mind. But we're not just keeping that in mind. Is That we're a group that we can sort of expect and hope that as we go through this year, we can look back on this year and say, how have I become more like Christ? Now, sometimes that might be you being up to do that. Sometimes it might be your spouse or some other people being up to do that. But really looking at the purpose of, of why are we here, which says then that the hope is... That we are changed to, in some form, to become more and more like Christ. That we can look at our lives and say, with all the struggles we're going through, with all the things we have that have been going on from our childhood, or the things that we have going on, you know, in our marriages, if, if all those things, as we look at them, to really look and say, know, do, if, if Christ is who He says He is, and we believe in Him, <laughs> And that is what we're supposed to be doing. How do we want to see that change in our lives as, as we grow? Um, see right here. Oh.
3: You're saying you want to see results in us.
0: Well, yeah, I, well my hope, good way of putting it, my hope is that you all could reflect and say, yeah, I see that I'm becoming more Christ-like. Okay? Um, because if we're all just getting together just to chat, and we're just getting together just to study Scripture, and we're just getting together to just do this, and we don't see that change in our lives, I go, we could be doing something else. (laughs) You know? Um, But that's my hope from a purpose perspective. And as we look at our Scripture tonight, I want to let our Scripture sort of unfold in a way to sort of say, okay, what is Jesus saying about this, and what is... If we're going to say that we're supposed to become more like Christ, how does that really happen? Like, let's have it, like, how does that happen? Does anybody know how that happens? I mean, how do you become more like Christ? We say, we all say like it, say it. We have it as a vision for our church, but how does that actually happen? And I want to look at some things tonight as to how that happens. Because if we don't know how that happens, it's like if you want to become stronger, all right, you need to know how to work out. (laughs) you want to build these muscles, you got to build these muscles. All right. So how is it that we are really truly to become men that are growing in Christ? Um, and that's a tough question because I tell you, every group and every church who is for 2,000 years has tried to answer that question. I mean, in fact, I would say the reason why we have the New Testament, most of it, all of Paul's letters, is because Paul was seeing a church. It was so easily going off from away from that, that that goal. Um and thankfully for that, because we have letters including the Gospel of John that help us to try to figure out why are we doing this? And we know the Gospel of John says we're doing this so you will believe, right? And that belief will change your life. Um, so so as as we go through that, I wanted I want us to sort of keep that in mind um, as we walk through John today. All right, but I want to start out with you looking at the table. All right, and you see four books on the table. You guys see four books? Yeah. Okay. okay. So the first one, what is this?
4: That's called the Bible. It's
0: called the Bible. Called the Bible. That, in memory of someone who just passed away, who is the who is the one who it's his version of the Bible. Anybody know who, a famous pastor who just passed away?
4: Well, Eugene Peterson.
0: No. No.
4: New King James?
0: I think that might be New King James. Well, but yeah, he didn't pass away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how recently? Uh, A couple Um, days ago. Oh! Jack Hayford. You guys ever hear of him? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Is that his Bible? Uh, yeah, so well, I mean, yes, so he his Bible this is commentary? His, yeah, this is his sort of Bible that I got years ago when I actually went to his church um for a conference of his um, just a neat guy he pushed my limits <laughs> in some of the things you know with the gifts and everything um, and so anyway, so we have the Bible all right, then what is the next one you see there Jesus calling okay, anybody know what is Jesus calling about?
4: It's a, it's a daily devotion. Okay. yeah, but it's very about learning to live in the presence of God.
5: Okay, so, huh. all right. So we have Jesus you. Calling. You know, it has verses at the bottom, to um, You can yeah. look up. All you know, right, good. Which is good.
0: And then we have C.S. Lewis has a book, and then we have Dallas Willard has a book. So I guess my question to start out with is, what's the difference between all these? One is the Word of God. Okay. Yeah, one's and the Word of God, the rest God. are based on that. It's, so one's the Word of God, which yes. is the Bible, okay. The other ones are about God. Interesting. So you guys hear that? The other ones are about God, okay. Point us towards God. Point us towards God. Us towards God.
4: And they're about, they're about the Bible.
1: Okay, they're about the Bible. Or about how to, um, yeah, the Dallas Word book is like, uh, spiritual disciplines. Almost, and then okay. uh, the grief observed is dealing with tragedy as mm-hmm. a Christian, like, openly. Uh-huh.
0: But, uh... So, what do we do here in this group? What what book are we using?
5: <coughs> Mostly the
0: Bible. The Bible. Yeah. Why do we do that? I mean, why am I not taking this through... Why don't we as a group, not just me, it could be someone else in this group, but why... Why are we going through the Bible and we're not going through these other books? It's the Word of God. Okay.
3: To the source. A lot of Bible
0: studies do go through other
2: uh-huh. books. uh They do. Led
0: mm-hmm. by a pastor. Mm-hmm. So why do you think we are just going well, through the Bible? It's,
4: because it's, it's the most... It's not, not just a book... It's, it's, it's the word of God and it is, actually exists, uh, in the ethers. I mean, it is a, it's the truth permeating all of creation. Some people don't go hide from it, but it is the, it, the words are living.
0: Okay, okay. okay, the words are living. So is that different than the other books? Yes. Yes. Those are human authors, and we should
6: read those on our own anyway, but we should go to the Living Word, which is only the Scriptures.
5: Okay. So well, these are all human authors. The Bible is like a library of books that mm-hmm. take us through history of creation all the way to the Gospel and to what's going to, in Revelation, happen. Okay. So it's a library of
1: books. All right. God-inspired. There's, there's, there's no way for us to plumb the depths of the Bible. We'll never be finished. Um, right? We can never it's never, you've never arrived, so why not? I mean, you've chosen, obviously, in this group you're the leader, but we can't hone the depth of it. Uh
6: Uh-huh. I also think that the Bible speaks to us as individuals, so as we look at seven and compare it to one, Hmm. it's going to speak to us all differently. Okay. And those other three books are the author's opinions of possible text.
0: Exactly. Oh,
3: very good. Okay. Good. So the, is it, the three other books are commentaries in the Bible, mm-hmm. and if we studied one of those books, we'd be doing a commentary on the commentary. Hmm. So, well put. Uh-huh. Yeah. if we're studying the Bible, we are like the authors of those books, we're that's doing commentary on the Bible
4: uh-huh. as a group. That's a very yeah, Tom answer. Yeah, that's,
1: that's good. good. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good way of putting yeah. it. This right. is called the men's, a uh, men's Bible study, right? So, yeah. <laughs> we we'll study the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's just, a good reason. It's not just a men's It's not the Jesus calling, the book Bible study. <laughs> well, yeah. book right. Bible
5: study.
6: Yeah. Yeah. right, right. Is it yeah. oversimplifying saying that it just equips you for everyday life?
2: Okay, uh
6: huh. But, I mean, obviously,
7: a spiritual Christian walking in, um...
6: Adoration and abiding. Sure. And within, within also, it's an equipping of the saints. It's teaching us how to live, um, um, as Paul was saying, a pure conscious life. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I also think along with like, the living word concept, like it, it truly is a living word. like God has chosen like, this direct form of communication to us through Scripture. I, mean, I see it all the time like, kids who know almost nothing about the Bible being spoke to by God through Scripture. And so I think it goes to what I've heard you say now countless times, Greg, of the concept of, yeah, the other books are still of a lot of value, and they're about God, but it's like a relationship. Like You don't have a relationship with someone unless you have direct contact with them. Mm. So you can be told about that person from someone else, which is kind of like what those books are doing. It's great for those books to tell us, Know, perspective or different things about what the original, what the, what the
0: scripture is saying, but the mm-hmm. scripture is that direct form of contact we have yeah. for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Just Yeah, shapes. This is the only book God is asking us to read. These oh, our well, that's a wow. I haven't heard, that's, a, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> i thought about that. Yeah, that's good. Putting it and we it. can't
4: survive as Christians without it. Mm-hmm. The rest we could. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. the, the essential yeah. thing we base everything on. Mm, good.
6: All right.
0: Um, yeah,
6: Eric. I think all of us have a different path and a different walk and a different challenge. But the Bible gives all of us a place to start and to head
7: toward. If I is for this in mathematical terms that we call the Bible the universal set. The universal the universal set, uh-huh, all encompassing, okay. self-contained. Uh-huh. These are subsets of the Bible.
2: Hmm.
7: On specific subjects that are in the Bible. So if you want to know one book that it has it's all encompassing, all subjects, you have anything you want to know to to the Bible. These are subsets of that on different interpretations of what these individual
6: facts. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay.
4: I personally read, um Jesus Calling every, every day because it has become a teacher to me in terms of how to take scripture and live in, live in the presence. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't substitute, and this discussion has helped me to see, I, I gotta go more to the source, but, uh, it, it, it is particularly uh, it particularly focuses on on living in the presence constantly it teaches you how to live in the presence but of course the Bible would overshadow all of that and living living in the Bible all the time is living in the presence of God ok alright, well good,
0: good discussion just thought, um it's always good to sort of hear how how we take that. So let's do what we're here for, which is to get into the Bible. Um, so we are in John seven, and um, for those of you who haven't been here for a while or haven't been yeah, been here for a while, one of the things that we've been doing as we've been going through John is we start out by looking at the prologue, which is the first eighteen verses of John. Because in that prologue, one of the things that prologue does is it gives us really a synopsis of all the things that John's going to ultimately talk about, okay? And one of the things we've been doing is an exercise, not every week, but several times. we've been looking at the prologue, and then we've been looking at whatever passage we're in, and asking the question, where do you see echoes of the prologue in the passage we're in, Okay. Um, for time's sake, I'm, that's why in the email I said, read, if you've got to, great, if you didn't, that's fine. Read the prologue for tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, because What I want to do is just, just jump right into to John 7, and I want to look at um, the passage John 7, 1 through 18. It might seem like a weird break, but I have a reason for that. So John 7, 1 through 18... And so as I'm going to have someone read it, and as someone reads it, I want you to be listening for echoes of something you've heard in the prologue, okay? Um, So who would like to... Who would like... Actually, you know Steve Doherty, one of our recognized um, great readers here who also read on... um, did you bring Christmas, uh, yeah, Christmas Eve? Yeah, Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah. Well, you know, we can have other folks read as well. But do you want to hand it off to someone else? All right. <laughs> How about Peter? Peter, great. Awesome. You rock. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right.
0: So, right. Peter, John 7. Um, and that's on page 42. All right, so we're all on the same page. John 7, um, 1 through 18.
1: 13, all right. After, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. Uh, he would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booth was at hand, so his brother said to him, "Leave here and go into Judea that your disciples also may see the works you're doing. <clears throat> For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after this, uh, but after, but after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. Uh, when he has never studied. So Jesus answered them, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone will do, uh, if if anyone, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true. And in Him there is no falsehood. Okay, great. So, any
0: anything remind you of anything in the prologue that you just heard? Verse
7: eighteen. John verse
0: eighteen. Verse, verse what? eighteen. Verse eighteen. What, so, what about verse eighteen?
7: Uh, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's right side, He has made Him known.
0: Okay. All right. Good. Okay. Um, who else? Did someone? Someone also say something? Eric, did you? John was
6: saying it's that I'm, I'm the precursor. I'm not it. Mm-hmm. And that my job is to bring the message, and. Um, of set up for His coming All right. to be known. Okay. Any words
0: you've seen echoed here? I,
6: on uh, verse 10 and 11
0: of, of 7,
3: it mm-hmm. um, reminds me of uh, 10 and 11.
6: He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. Mm -hmm. Right. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, who gave the right to become children of God.
0: Uh So, what reminded you of that? Um, maybe like the seven. Seven. Yeah, seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah John seven well, seven. Yeah, good. Yeah, the yeah, world cannot hate you. Yeah. Correct. Good. Or even verse five, where it says if that's his own
5: siblings, or mm-hmm. not even his own brothers did not believe in him. Right. Jesus
1: said mm-hmm. to them. Good. And twelve says, for anyone who believes in his name, he gives them the right to become children of God. Mm-hmm. But you have memorized.
4: <laughs> See, that's interesting, gives them the right. <clears throat> To That that seems to me like there has to be some sort of proving, doesn't it? If you've been given the right to get a driver's license, that doesn't mean you have the driver's license. Mm-hmm. It means you have the right to apply for one. So what do you suppose that means? Okay. All right.
0: I'm not going to try to answer that right now, but that's a good question. Go yeah, okay. I don't know if this yeah. is a stretch, but my teaching is not my own, but the one
6: who sent me. Uh-huh. Because he was saying all things were made through him and not without him. Yeah. I think, though, after everything is said and done, both of them are about timing. Okay. It's, it's all about timing. and uh, In a couple of places in 7, um, Jesus knows his timing, and he's conforming to that timing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that seems to be more important than anything else going on around him.
0: Yeah, that's good. good for
6: perspective, yeah. yeah. And his timing is everything,
4: isn't it? Yeah. Because if you try to go ahead of him, you're going to
6: end up in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> my time has not yet come, mm-hmm. but your time is always here. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. my time has not yet come. It's a couple times it's mentioned. Mm-hmm. So he knows the timing, and... John is talking about timing as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Any other thing? Any any other words you're seeing echoed in John in the passage we just read? That you see also in John in the prologue? What is it? Glory. 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 Interesting. Okay. Where do you see that?
7: It's said twice in the prologue. And then uh, oh, okay. Jesus says, uh, the one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, or the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is
0: true. All right, and yeah, and then you see in 14, what, one fourteen? that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then Jesus says, yeah, what like you just said, Jesus says, what, 18... 18? Yeah, the one who speaks mm-hmm. on his own authority seeks <clears throat> his own glory but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true and in him there is no falsehood anybody know what what does glory mean what are we supposed to do with glory here <laughs> what's Jesus saying about glory here
4: glory is sort of almost an ultimate word like um if you think says something is glorious, that's almost the best thing you
0: can say about it.
5: Okay, I think of the word exalted, put up above.
0: Okay,
5: glory of
6: um, connotes authority.
0: So connotes authority. Good. All right. What else? Anybody else think like because I mean here we are called unblemished.
1: Blemished. Unblemished. Okay. Unblemished
6: right. authority.
1: Glory and, and worship go together. And how is that, do you think? Because if something is glorious, then that, that um, evokes worship. Okay.
4: Glorious almost suggests that it's uh, supernatural. Hmm. Because if you say a sunrise is glorious, you're, that's the highest praise you can give it, and it... Um, and it means it's it's
0: God. It's mm. God's. Mm. So in the Old Testament, what does what anybody know in the Old Testament how glory
1: is used or where it's where one of the big places where glory is used? Yeah. In the temple. In the, in the temple. temple the presence ah. of God, the Shekinah, the Shekinah glory. Very, very Shekinah.
0: good. Yeah, yeah. So glory in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, the, the word for glory is kabod. All right. I um, may not be saying that right, but it's Kabod in the Old Testament. And it sort of has primary two meanings. One is something, it's sort of pretty much what you guys are talking about. One is the giving of honor to someone, or authority, but honor to someone. But the other one is what Pete just t- touched on, which is really around, It's it speaks of the very, even can speak of the very visible presence of the living God. God before us. The fullness of the splendor of God. So it both can be sort of a position, but it also can be the experience of actually experiencing God. So when Moses in Exodus, you know, thirty-four goes up to the mountain to see God, what is he seeing? He's seen. He's talking about seeing the what of God, the glory of God, and then Moses comes down off to, out of the Alpha Mountain. And what, what ends up happening? What does he have to do? So what, what happened to that glory of God, that splendor, when he, Moses came down off the mountain? He was just with God. And then what happened? Anybody remember? His face was shining. Well, he was glowing. Yeah. Very, very good. His yeah. face was what? Shining. Shining. Again, that's glory. Mm-hmm. And what did he have to do? He the yeah. tablets. No, he had to, he had to cover himself. himself. Why? Mm. Why did he have to cover himself?
1: (laughs) There's a few reasons given, right? Well, one, one reason I think is, he said was like, so that he, uh, so that nobody would notice when his face stopped glowing. (laughs) Oh, okay. okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
5: When the glory leaves him? (laughs) What are you going to say, Bruce? The glory of God, um,
7: I don't know how to say it. He had to cover himself because that glory of God was so
0: bright. It was... It was killing.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so when you think of that word glory here, that is the Old Testament term. Now what's interesting is in the New Testament, a lot of times in the New Testament when there's a word for something that's also used in the Old Testament... A lot of times it picks up sort of its Greek meanings too, which is sort of sometimes outside of what the meaning of Scripture is or of the Old Testament word. But what's interesting is in the New Testament, the word for glory, which is doxa, doxa, do I don't know if I'm saying that right, doxa, it it carries the exact same meaning as the Old Testament, carrying these two primary things of both the honor and also this glorious splendor of God. All right. And what's interesting in John, and the reason bring it up here a little bit, is we're going to see, remember how I told you about the difference with um, the word believe or pistis in John? Anybody remember how John is very distinctive and what he does with that word? Anybody remember that from early on? What did John do with the word believe that the other gospels don't do? He removed himself. What? He took away his his own uh, identity. He called himself, like, the writer. All right, but how he uses the word believe?
7: Allegiance, which brings joy. Which is
0: pistis, right. So what John does is John uses the verb form of pistis. The, it's an action, <laughs> as opposed to the noun. It's something, it's, it's an action verb. Okay. What's interesting is the word glory we're going to see is also, we're going to start seeing the word glory appear a lot in John. It's one of the key terms that's used throughout John. And that word, that is, and what John does is he also uses the verb form of it a lot, where not so much just a noun. Again, John's very much, this is something to experience. This is an action. This is not just something I believe something, but it's like my believing is doing something. Glory is not just something... Of something has glory, but there's an action behind that. So what is Jesus saying here about glory? What's the problem? <laughs> let's, let's see. Look at verse 18. What are the people doing? In verse 18. 7-18.
6: Putting a false god up for themselves.
0: Huh. Excellent. Because how are they making
5: themselves God?
0: How are they making themselves God based on this language that
5: They're what? They're looking towards themselves, not towards God. Seeking their own glory. Their Very own. good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're seeking their own glory. And Jesus is saying here, if you seek your own glory, No. What glory should you only be seeking? Glory of God. The glory of God. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the
4: things you asked at the very beginning is, how how has this changed you? Mm-hmm. How has this... And I, it has specifically changed me in that I've been seeking more to serve and not to be seen... So much mm. uh, as you're going up in your life, you want to be seen because you want to be recognized for what you do well. But you get to a certain point where you you found out that that was not really the point. Mm. You you gained what you gained so that you could do for Christ better than you would have mm. where you had been before. It's it's uh, it's subtle. It's almost like a 90 degree phase shift. You're, you're first. You're looking at yourself, looking at yourself, looking at yourself, and all of a sudden you're saying, "Everything that has been happened to me in my life has been Christ and working in
0: me." Which means you're giving the glory where you're shifting it. it. You're shifting it. Yeah. Out of yourself to Christ. Yes. And. Um, Do any of you else struggle with? stuff I mean, that try, going. Am I trying to give myself some glory here, or am I really going to? Yeah, well, the line is (laughs) so fine.
4: You don't want to, it's just something that happens in you. It isn't, I don't think you can define where that line is that that all of a sudden you've changed.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, what are you going to say, Herc? All through my life,
6: as I meet life's challenges and get to the next higher level, I have to constantly take myself off the throne and put Hmm. Christ back on it. Hmm. Because it's the, the world is all set up to, okay, this is worldly success, but it's, it's a non-secutor in the bigger picture. Yeah. But it's human nature, you know, to, I did it, you know, I did it, I did that, you know. Thank you, Lord, yeah. for helping me get uh-huh. there. It's uh-huh. the other part of that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's battling against human nature all the time and, uh, giving him the glory, not, and thanking him for helping us to get there. Yeah, but I
4: don't think you can do that as a young man. You have to. You have to be battered yeah. into it. Well, some may be extraordinary, but um, for the most part, we will, we, will, we
6: want to be. Well, how long yeah. does that success ultimately last? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you climb the ladder, and okay, I, I ran the race, and I won. <clears throat> Now what? Now what? what's the next race?
2: <laughs>
0: so do you, do any of you else anybody else struggle with glory? Giving yourself that and
4: Chad does.
0: <laughs> sorry Here. i'll turn over think to mike get, yeah. hey, chad, will, chad
6: will give you a break there i'll turn yeah, over I, to mike see he's so. going to talk
2: no. First, you no, for, for sure kind of a
6: secret ballot about whether chad <laughs> doesn't for sure, i think a lot of that has
1: to do with ego and, yeah. and you know maturity uh to eric's point ultimately is you know you have the, the perspective you know um and so yeah i, I absolutely i bow that uh
6: my wife reminds me of it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one good
1: thing. Our wives circuit,
6: good at, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah I've started, like, qualifying s- stories. Like, I'll, I'll tell a story, and the obvious conclusion of the story is, you know, glory to God. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like uh, you have to de- deliberately say that, right? Because otherwise, you know, it's like, oh, I, I fasted and prayed, and then God did these things for me. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was like... You know, um, you did them. Yeah. So, you know, it was <laughs> like, if, if you think that I was trying to say something good about myself, you misunderstood, you know, glory to God. Like, mm. you, right? Yeah. Kind of.
4: Well, where's the line, though, you know, that when you, when you say glory to God, and, uh, I, I was thinking about that uh, sermon that Jeff made when, when, uh, uh, his professor said to him, uh, that, that was a good sermon. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, sure. And he said, well, glory be to God. And he said, well, it wasn't that good. <laughs> uh, uh, where where does not taking, it, not taking responsibility for your part in it...
0: But is that different than... I mean, there's one thing to say you participate in something. Yeah. There's another thing in the sense of where you're giving the honor and
5: uh, oh, of course. the glory to. So anybody else as far? Yeah. I think how I get down to whose will are you doing? Your own will? Mm-hmm. What you want? Important. Or are you looking towards God first? What is your? <clears throat> what is it for me? And then if it comes to you and you do it, I don't know, you can take some credit for it, I think. But not, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. whose will are you after? You know, uh-huh. Your own? What you want? What I self see want? Cause that's what it's saying in that verse, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's going to be hollow if you're seeking your own glory. You're seeking your own will.
0: Yeah, but of the one who sent
5: me, the one who created me. There's another dynamic here,
6: that I think the world perceives humility as weakness, Mm -hmm. when in fact true humility is power and strength standing on the principles that you believe. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, you
0: were going to say something?
6: As like believers, um, just a quick question that came to mind, because sometimes I hear this and is that and maybe it's just a point in time but um, what well, we could receive and share in the glory of God versus this juxtaposed position interesting okay and are we sharing in the glory of God when we are acting out our faith or hmm. or witnessing or you know, sharing the gospel with someone or just our
5: behaviors
6: are giving God the glory but we're sharing in that
0: mm. at the same time. Did you guys hear that? Like, do we somehow share in that glory?
6: Yeah.
0: I wondering. Okay, yeah. well you hold, hold on to that because, yeah, hold, hold on to that question. Um, we do, but he doesn't share his glory. Okay. Alright.
6: The, the only way we can do we this claim is claim it in but his he... will.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> should see. be doing that anyway. <clears throat> Do so you think God doesn't share His glory? Oh, I think He He works through His His uh-huh. creation, mm-hmm. yeah, His people.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: But uh, ultimately, it's uh, He is something else, yeah. So I'm gonna just I'll read this to you. We don't have to turn there. So this is another place where God had yeah. recently. I mean, where God, where Jesus, where Jesus and John had recently talked about glory. Just sort of hear the connection. Listen to the connection between glory and pistis, or believe. So, what does does glory affect? Is there a, like a relationship between glory and our believing in God? So, this is what it says in five, uh, John five forty four. It says, um, "Well, I'll say sorry, forty three. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name," You will receive him. <laughs> okay. How can you believe, Pistis, how can you believe when you receive glory from another and do not seek the glory that comes from only God? So see how he's even saying how your belief in God, how can you believe <laughs> and your belief is somehow related to Where am I, where am I, whose glory am I seeking? How can Mm -hmm. I say I believe in this God who
2: is,
0: (laughs) you know, the God of the universe and everything, and yet somehow say I'm going to receive my own glory, or I'm going to glorify someone else and not God alone. So there's sort of this connection even between our own ability, our beliefs, our believing, and what we seek with, with glory.
6: Doesn't that come around to the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because Uh I testify about it that it, its works are evil.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So.
3: Can I chime in on Uh what Eric just said? Mm -hmm. Um, So that, I think that verse relates to 17. Mm -hmm. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, or you could say he would know the truth. Mm -hmm. So. Not doing his will would be the world. Yeah. And Jesus is testifying that the world is, and the works are evil. Those are not doing his will. Hmm. So if you do do his will, this gets to your belief. Uh Uh-huh. He shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So, in other words, he's saying, look, if you just obey the Lord, obedience is greater than sacrifice. Mm -hmm. If you just obey you're going to be enlightened. You're mm-hmm. going to see who I am. Uh-huh. And you will see how proud all of you are and how sinful you are. Hmm. Glory. glory yeah. Glorifying yourself. Yeah. Good. Yourselves. Yeah. Good. Well put. Yeah.
6: yeah. I think a good way to say it is you climb the ladder of a Christian life through humility. You fall down the ladder of life through pride. Pride's the enemy.
0: That's pretty good. So, if we're to seek... So, whose glory are we to seek? God. God's God. glory. What, what happens to people in the Bible when they actually, truly, not just seek God's glory, but see God's glory? It's like Moses. Like Moses? You start shining. when you so. When you actually experience... So we're to seek something. That means we want to find it, right? Mm -hmm. I guess you're seeking it. So when you really experience the glory of God, what happens to people in the Bible? They fall on their face. They share in the glory. Okay. Oh, interesting. So there you say they share in the glory. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Who can you think of in the Bible who really saw the glory of God. Oh. I think Abraham did.
1: Okay.
0: Paul. Paul. Enoch. Oh. Enoch. Okay. Who? Paul. <laughs> Paul. Think about the Apostle Paul, for example. Yeah. yeah. What happened? So, whose glory did he see? Christ. Jesus. He Christ. saw Jesus, right? Which is exactly what Jesus is going to get at here: is yeah. that God's given him this glory, and he is the one we seek the glory of. Yeah. Paul is sort of the epitome of that. Uh-huh. So what happened to Paul when he saw the face of Jesus? When he saw God's glory? When he experienced God's glory? What changed, happened to Paul? Completely he changed himself. He completely went transformed him. He what? It was completely transformed. That's right. He repented, turned around. Exactly. Yeah. Scales fell off his eyes. Exactly. Who else do we remember in the Old Testament who saw God's Elijah. glory? Elijah, but anyway, come on, you guys. King King Moses. Moses. Who? King
1: Nebuchadnezzar. Well, who well, yeah, <laughs> i King
5: Nebuchadnezzar.
1: Know. Who who okay, you're close. Daniel. Esau.
0: Uh, I'm a bunch of people. Yeah, okay. Isaiah. Remember? Oh. Isaiah yeah. six? Well, yeah. Isaiah, yeah. Oh that's right. Duh. And <laughs> I'll soon what, we forget. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And what what happened to Isaiah when he experienced God's glory?
5: I'm a man of influence. You fell in his face. Right.
0: So when you experience God's glory, go back, go to the apostle Paul right now. What did you, what did Gil just say? When you, if you really experience the glory of God, what will that do to you? Absolutely. You, you feel like a dirty rat. It will change you.
1: It makes it you useful to God.
0: It, it, amen. So it, it changes you.
4: So, I, isn't that why this group of wonderful people are here? Very good deal. To be transformed fo- to do God, to be God. Okay. So, my
0: question was, we want to become more like Christ, right? If we want to become more like Christ, we can try to do all these things, <laughs> ourselves, okay? But ultimately, if we're going to become more like Christ, we need to be changed by Christ. If we need to be changed by Christ, we need to seek His glory. And my question then is, how do we do that? So I'm going to I'll put up this challenge. If you really fully experience, or even partially experience, the glory of God, and some of you may have done that, you will be changed. I don't care what's going on in your life right now. I don't care what struggles you have. I don't care what you've been struggling with <laughs> since your childhood. I don't care what you're going through. Your wife's like, eh! You know, whatever it is that you yeah. need to become more like christ you're going to become more like him when you seek and experience his glory
1: does that make
6: sense mm -hmm. but you're not saying we should persecute each other right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so how do you do that
6: it only comes through wisdom and wisdom is keep on trying
0: Okay, okay, so that's, that's one, that's one way.
6: So
3: you're asking is how do you seek God's glory?
0: If God's glory, if experiencing God's glory is what really is what changes you, how do you seek that glory, experience that glory? How do you do that? Because I, am so here's sort of like, like A, A equals B, okay, it's just like, if you know you want to become more like Christ, we can have all these things that we can do. But if we look, for example, Paul's model as an example who fully saw Jesus face to face and was completely changed. And we go, that is what changes us is when we experience God's glory. Then my question is going to be that I want to answer tonight is how do we do that? How do so, we really
6: step have is the ourselves? And that's dying to self.
5: Okay. Well, all right. Okay. Good. Repenting. Okay.
6: I think surrendering to it. -hmm. I thought of about um, a time in my life where I was in a miry pit, and uh, I had a vision of of the Lord reaching down to pick me up out of it, Mm -hmm. and I and I changed me forever after Mm -hmm. that.
3: Are there examples in the Bible where disciples or followers sought God's glory?
1: Hmm. I mean, I wonder
3: if you are stretching a little bit. Yeah, because God. In Saul's case, uh-huh. Paul's case, he appeared to him when he's persecuting the church.
2: Uh-huh.
3: He's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. God chooses if he's going to show his glory to people or not. We don't pursue it. We don't dig for it. We don't try to, like you're saying, clean our act up, pray a lot. What are you, what's he, what, what are you thinking?
1: Abra- Abraham asked God directly to show him his glory. That's and true. Then that's when he said, "Okay, go in the cleft of the rock, and
4: I'm going to pass by and you'll see my backside." That's my Isn't backside. That Moses. Saying. So that's
0: that that was Moses. Moses. Okay, but true. anyway, who cares? Yeah. yeah All right. Did you guys hear? <laughs> Did you guys hear Tom's question? Do you want to try to? Do you want to try to summarize that? Okay. I'm going to answer Tom's question. I'm not going to answer it. We're going to let the Bible answer that question. Like, do people really seek God's glory in the Bible? Do we see that? I mean, can we pursue can, God's glory, can and, and
3: is it scriptural? Is it yeah, biblical?
0: Yeah, very good. It sounds prideful. I mean, exact, it exactly, exactly, exactly. That's good. It sounds prideful. Well, if you um, seek
4: God's glory for your own self, but if you seek God's glory to be used, don't you think that that's di- a different motivation, Tom? To uh, I think it all comes down to what you, what you're,
0: well, well you, I think to, it comes down to actually the question he just asked, which is exactly asked. the right question we should be asking, because that's why we're here. Well, what was the, the question he asked? Would you repeat
7: the question? question? question the if he, you're seeking God's glory, <laughs> you're seeking to be equal with God. You're seeking mm. to share his place with him. Hmm. And I, that's a good question.
0: Yeah. I if that's described. a question. What if we obey? <laughs> yeah. Why don't we turn? I, I live in obedience. Yeah. Okay. He I does obey. what he does. So we're going to obey. I mean, he's given
7: us plenty of directions of things we should be doing.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think he's told us to
7: become equal to him.
0: Okay. You guys are asking, you guys, I love this. I love you guys asking the right questions. So you were going to read something. So me. I want all of you to take your Bible. <clears throat> Bible, not John, and we're going to really take a look at what Tom just talked about. Okay. That question is, so, Are you feeding do we do this? Fast?
2: I did. <laughs> yeah, him and
0: I met before this, just <laughs> like you and we all met, and so I, like, I, don't, I have no money left in my pocket anymore, so. <laughs> <laughs> not all right. Does everyone have second their Bible. We're going, yeah, we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to Second Corinthians. Very good. We're going to Second Corinthians from my beautiful Bible that is the glory of God that I got from Bill Darnell. You see the glory? Look at that. Just I mean, <laughs> if you guys could <laughs> see that glory right there. Yeah, yeah. all right. Which Corinthians? <laughs> uh, which Corinthians. Second Corinthians. The, the second. third one. Second one. No, the second. One. <laughs> second. Second Corinthians. Work. We're going to start at chapter 2 at verse 17, Okay, and we're going to read some. Um, okay, so everyone, tell me when you're there, everyone there at 2.17? Yeah. Okay. So, tell me why I'm reading this, this first verse, okay, 17, I'm going to just read it, and I want you guys to tell me why am I reading this verse. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word. But as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Have you guys heard that passage here in this study before? I have, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. See What's this? 217. Yeah. So, uh,
4: there's the significant difference between the two proposed things, peddlers of God's Word right. and...
0: So why, why have I read this verse before? Anybody remember? I'm <clears throat> testing out your memory. You know, we're a year older than we were last year. Um, it's because this is what I laid out at the very beginning of John as saying, this is what my hope and goal for us to be, are men who are of sincerity, who are called by God in the presence of God, not just to believe, not just to work on my own faith, but to learn how to speak Christ to the world. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And that's what we've been doing. You guys have been doing some phenomenal stories we've heard over the last six months about how you're doing that. Okay. What's interesting is this passage begins a series of Paul going into something. And he's contrasting the... There are, in 2 Corinthians, there's a problem. There are these people called the peddlers of God, God's word. And who they are, they basically are like Judaizers. And they're the ones who are saying, you know what? The glory of God is found in the Old Testament. is in following the law. All right? And so they were the Judaizers who were saying, no, the Jews, the the Gentiles have to follow what the Jews were doing. Mm -hmm. Okay? They were stuck in that and they were trying to come into the new churches Paul was forming and saying, you guys, okay, yeah, you can believe Jesus is Messiah, cool, but you've got to continue to follow the law of God and be bound by that. Alright? And Paul, as we know, was the one who was the best at that over everybody at following God's law. He claims that. He's very he's very prideful. He says, I was the Pharisee among Pharisees. I was the one that followed God's law to the T. I knew this law no matter what. And then Jesus came along face to face with him and knocked
5: <laughs> knocked
0: him off the horse mm-hmm. and changed him radically. And we're here today because of that change. I mean we literally are here today yeah. reading this yeah. because Paul saw Jesus' face. He saw his glory. All right? So, reading none, Paul then says, looking at 3.1, he says, Are we beginning to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? And then Paul says, You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all.
7: you went on to three, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I'm
0: in three now. So, and you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. You see how he's doing this contrast? Mm -hmm. We're we're now not in the old covenant, we're now in the The new, new covenant. Okay? And I love this because I think, wow, Paul saying to his church, like I could say uh, for us as a group, for us as a little church, don't we want to be that when people look at us Mm -hmm. and experience interacting with us that we are that letter of Christ um, that they see that not just in our heart but in our action that we actually are like a letter someone reading and seeing Christ in us is what he's saying, and so then he goes on he says such confidence. In verse uh, 4 to 5. So listen to now what Paul says. He says. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. This was neat about Paul. is He boasts. <laughs> and he comes across very arrogant to people.
2: Yeah, but his you know, arrogance like, yeah. and
0: boastfulness is always giving, seeking God's glory. Never his own. He's always doing a contrast. But he does it very bluntly. And So he goes on and he says... Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter, and Paul doesn't beat around the bush, the letter, which is exact, in essence, the Old Testament, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Mm So he's, in a sense, in an argument with these Judaizers and an argument with his own church saying, this is who we are. And guess what? And this is for all of us. We can do, that's why I say, we can try to say, let's do our own thing. Let's try to become like Christ. If we try to do that in our own sufficiency.
4: You can't do it. You're
0: going to fall. Okay. He's saying the only way we can do it is by seeking God. And now I want you to listen to what Paul says next in verse seven. He says, Now if the ministry, listen to the contrast. Now if the ministry of death, carved in letters of stone, came with such glory, there's that word, okay, that the Israelites should not gaze on Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness far exceeds it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory, see this contrast, has come to have no glory at all, because the glory of the glory that surpasses it. For what was being brought to an end came with glory. Much more will what is permanent have glory. So you see what he's doing there? He's contrasting two glories. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. He's
0: contrasting the glory that came with Moses and the first covenant, which did have glory. He's saying that presence of God, what existed back then, that was real. But what happened to that? What happened to that? (laughs) The people could never follow it the people hardened their hearts they couldn't they could never they could never follow it so he's saying it's ridiculous to keep going back to the way you used to be <laughs> you now need to seek this new glory this glory that's found where where is this new glory found in Jesus in Jesus okay and so um everyone following so far mm-hmm. in the different glories okay, okay. Um, so then he says since we have such hope we're very bold not like Moses who would put on a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to end so in the old glory hmm. they couldn't see it it was veiled. alright but their minds were hardened for to this day when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. So the Old Covenant, the Old Way, was veiled. They could not see that glory. And if you can't see that glory, what happens? Look. You can't be transformed. You can't be transformed. Exactly. All right? So, you guys want to do a little experiment with me?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Is it going to hurt?
2: It might. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So,
0: if you don't want to participate in this, you don't have to. But it's to sort of mm-hmm. get across our whole point that we're getting to to actually answer his question about what do we, how do we, you know, the Bible tells us about seeking glory. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, do you guys see what's on the table? Rags, pins. Looks like rags. Does oh, anybody know what? Rags. Do you know anybody? Does anybody know what's on the table there? Pins. Oh. Someone take one and tell me what it is. What is that? Brazier. <laughs> uh, gator. Okay. Uh, are all right. What do rags, they? What do we call that these the days? They crum- know what that is. My hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> COVID mask. Like a scarf, okay. It's called a buff. It's like this, sort or of, okay, a buff. All right, something you put over you. All right, like if you're cold or whatever just sort of protect you. All right, you guys need to go REI. I mean, yeah. So, I want everyone to grab one. Um, one, two, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Yeah, we should have. Let's yeah, see who likes what colors. There's one thing I You, oh, know. you, can. you can. your color. Okay. <laughs> I'll
5: you, take the you, red. Right. Tommy, I'll go with the black shoe. and go with everything. Huh? <laughs> you can pass if you don't want to. Although I'd yeah, like you guys to participate. Like yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. those golds huh? all yours. Yeah. Yeah. They're all yours now. They're yours. Oh, okay.
5: So, well, you too.
0: So if you have glasses, you might want to take out glasses. No kidding. If you want to do a different color, you can go for a different color. Okay, everyone have one? Has right. anybody
4: ever all right. used this before?
0: Now, <laughs> you cannot you Now you're not going to be able to participate in asking, answering my question unless you have one of these, okay? Now, if for some reason you have something that's going to bother you and what we're going to do, then just don't do it like, you know, I'm just saying that because sometimes people don't like to do what we're going to do in that. So, I want you to take them like so, alright? So, we talk about that the reason why the people did, were not able to see God's glory is because why? The veil. Because of the veil. Yeah. Alright? Yeah. So I want you to just, this is like a veil, and I want you to just go like this, okay, and put it over your eyes. Okay? So you're veiled now. Alright, so just experience that for a second. Go ahead and try to look. Alright, now I want you to describe
5: what you see. Lights. A blur. Blurry, Blurry images. images. Shadows. Blurry lights, uh, Okay.
4: Really, really, uh, damp down lights. shadows.
0: So what's the veiling doing to you?
7: It inhibits
0: your sight. It inhibits, okay, very good, it inhibits your sight. What else would it inhibit if you had to Keep this on all the time. What else would it do? It would
5: inhibit my smell. <laughs>
0: uh, movement? Okay, it would inhere, inhibit your movement. What you're else, you guys?
2: You're your breathing. You're breathing? Oh, all <laughs> right. That's Very a good.
0: good one. Yeah. No more driving. Okay. You can only see so far. You, oh, great! You can only see so far. Uh-huh. What about what? What about what it is that you see? What? How would you describe what you see through their person when you don't have it?
5: It's just a dim outline of everything.
0: Okay. A dim outline of everything? That's no, not right. a true picture. All right. Barely dark and over. light. And how do you think others see you? They don't. <laughs> Interesting. They don't. So you see how the veiling doesn't just affect how you see, but it also affects how what? Others yeah. are able to see you. Okay. So, what happens in the Old Covenant, we are what? Veiled. Right? How does the veil come off? Why don't you guys just think about that for a minute. So, in, if, if the veil is to be removed... So we can see God's glory, because in the Old Testament you couldn't do that. What do you have to, do, what has to happen for the veil to be removed? This yes. is, in essence, the total change that happens between the Old and the New Heaven.
5: To either pull it down or pull it off.
0: Okay, how do you do that? Do With you do that? With your hands. How in scripture are we unveiled?
6: Open my because, eyes that I may see glimpses
0: yes yeah, Because I will say, desperate. just just so you guys know, I'm not going to read it right now for time, mm-hmm. but in chapter 4, right after this, it talks about how unbelievers today are still veiled. Mm-hmm. The gospel is veiled for them. They're not able to see God's glory. They're not able to believe because their hearts have been veiled. All right? So my question is, how is the veil removed? How
1: is this different to the see? blindness of Isaiah chapter 6? Good question.
0: Okay. So I'm going to you will do an action after I read this verse. Let me veil a little Alright. Right. So everyone veiled? Yeah, yeah. Everyone bailed. Know, okay. okay. So this is what it says. After it said that, that um it's because only through Christ it is taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the
5: veil is removed.
4: So what if what are you saying to us?
0: When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Lifted. I'm sorry, but
4: I'm kind of dumb. Is there
1: a question? Is that, is that what you're asking, Gil? Yeah.
5: What,
4: what, what did
1: you just do, Gil? I pulled
4: it
0: down so I could breathe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. So How? I see. Does the veil get removed from all of us? Because all of us were once unbelievers. Mm-hmm. Veil.
4: Well, we had to. Do, you, you had to pull it down yourself.
0: No. No. We did not. Turn to the Lord. Very good. Do you hear what Tom just said? What? Exactly what Scripture says. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. So, I don't know if all of you know this, but every one of you, if you have placed your faith in Christ, if you believe Pistis in Christ, Mm -hmm. the veil that was there for thousands of years with Moses, the veil that still exists for those who you know who do not believe, they still have a veil, don't they? Mm -hmm. They don't see. You try to talk to them and they're like, I don't see God,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. okay? But when one turns to the Lord, all of a sudden the veil is removed. Have you guys had, when you went through and turned to the Lord,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: notice that it doesn't say, you took off the veil. It says, when you turn to the Lord, it is God who takes the veil off of your eyes. Because what happens when you come to Christ? What do you see that you did not see before? See, so now the
5: veil's removed. (laughs) You see life, it's the light of Christ. Okay. The Spirit comes into your. It's like Paul. His Spirit comes inside you. Uh huh. Uh huh. When you ask Him to be on your throne. And what do you see? The truth. (laughs)
2: The
0: glory of the Lord.
5: The glory, okay, Uh, the
0: glory of the Lord.
4: Well, you see what's around you, you see. Uh, instead of seeing through a veil you see clearly
6: we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord being transported into the same image from one degree of glory to another
0: (laughs) Okay. so you hear what just Tom said so my question then is all of us have the veil removed Mm -hmm. but guess what that's only step number one that's That's like us turning to the Lord and believing in him So we can all be here like this, with the veil removed. And guess where our eyes can go? Guess where we can still focus? We can still look at ourselves. We can still look at the world around us. Are we going to be changed? Are we seeing God's glory in that? No. Alright? No. So there's something else we have to do to experience that glory of God. And Paul is going to tell us. What do we need to do to really, truly be changed by God?
6: Right. away from sin in our life. Okay. The renewing
0: of your mind. Yeah, well, and, okay, good. So right. I want you guys to look at 2 Corinthians 3. We're on 3. I want you to look at verse... Well, we were in verse, what, 17, where it says, But one." But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Okay, now I want you to listen. If you can have it, try to read it yourself. Because I want you guys to see this for yourself. Now the Lord... Is the Spirit. This is interesting. Jesus, I won't get too much into theology here, but in essence, who is the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. Okay, when we have the Spirit in us, we Christ is in us. Alright. But now the Lord, meaning Jesus is um, is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We no longer live like this. Like so many people do who don't know Christ, Mm -hmm. veiled. We live completely free, able to see the way God sees, able to see the truth. Alright. And then it says, and this is the this is the key point, this is really going to what you asked, Tom. And with all and we all, we all, with un. Veiled faces. So, step number one. We all have to have that veil come down.
6: What verse are you on? I'm verse
0: 18. 18.
5: 18. What chapter again?
0: 3. 3. 3.18. Three 18. 18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord. Who is the Spirit? So there's two things that happen here. The first one is we already have been unveiled. Alright? But now the question is, being unveiled, we now get to do something maybe some of you are questioned about here. We actually get to participate in the glory of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We never become God, but we actually begin, begin to participate in that glory of God. So we become more like God, mm-hmm. more like Christ. Okay. So and with unveiled face, and so beholding the glory of the Lord. So that let me to explain what that means. It actually is a verb, beholding. Many versions will say reflecting. So it says we all. With unveiled face, reflecting at like in, indirectly reflecting the glory of the Lord, which I'll talk about men, Are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So we are being transformed into whose image? Christ. Christ. How are we doing that? <laughs> We're doing that when we behold, when we look, when we see, when we gaze. Unto God's glory. And when that happens, we then move from one degree of glory to another. Which really, in essence, means we become more of a reflection of the glory of God ourselves. We
5: become
0: more like Christ, yes.
5: Same verse, it's in the CSB. We we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror yes yeah. at the glory of the lord yeah. and are being transformed into the same ed- image from glory to glory this is from the lord who is the spirit okay I like that.
0: Good. the yeah. mirror
5: kind of says it to me yeah sure. mm-hmm.
0: so here's our problem and this is a this is a key problem in the christian faith that I think a lot of us I I'm just learning to grasp because Think about Paul for a moment. Paul literally saw the face of the risen Christ. And he was transformed instantly through seen the face of Christ. We today don't see literally the face of Christ. They may see Christ, we can't see him. We can't gaze on him like Paul did. Or like Isaiah did. Or like Abraham did. Or like Moses did. Okay? We can see at the edges of it. We can't, yeah. we just can't see the fullness. But if it's the glory and seeing that glory that turns and changes us, seeing that face, being able to gaze on that, that changes us, experiencing that glory so we become more like Christ, then the question is how do we do that today? <laughs> Did you guys get my question no, on that yeah, that's a good question. Because we're all sitting here on a veil of face, but we have to gaze, we have to see that, just what it says there, we have to see the glory of the Lord so we are then transformed to become more and more like him. And actually, when, and so it goes back to you know, what you said Steve, a little bit, we do get to participate in the glory of God. The more we become like Christ, the more others will look at us and see the glory of God in us. We're like a mirror of that glory. That's right. But exactly. We don't, we don't exactly. become glory. You be what? We the don't reflection. become glory. Right. We don't, and we never become God. <clears> You're a reflection. Yeah. But we start, yeah, exactly. It's a continuum. Okay? So Moses a wasn't
1: this as a destination. I, no. This is kind of just a, a sidebar thing that happens. <clears throat> we live in obedience. Think Great. This me. is happening. Okay. Okay. And in yeah. eternity, it'll <clears throat> even be further.
0: But shouldn't the focus just be obey? Well, obey, but here, so, here's, I'm going to in chapter 4. If you guys look at chapter 4, just continue to answer that question. So it says in chapter 4, we even, I'll look at chapter, uh, verse 3, and even if our gospel, see it changed. Do you
2: have to go, Gil? Yeah.
0: You, you're
4: going
0: to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed a lot of
4: climaxes. <laughs>
0: so the question is, how do we Oops. do that? Whoops. for you. Let me grab this
5: for you, Gil. Chad, Thank you. walk down. I will. You
7: Thank you, you Chad.
5: No, how does walk down? It's going be yeah. slippery. Yeah. Oh.
4: Thank you. Sorry.
0: I'll catch <laughs> you up tomorrow, Gil.
5: Okay. Do you want me to take this? No. You can take that and I'll hold it.
0: Do you want to grab my hand? Do huh? you want to grab my hand?
2: No,
7: I think this is the best thing to write So you guys following me so far? Yeah. All right. Can I read something
3: while we're waiting? Yes, please. All right. If you guys have your Bible, just go to chapter 2 in the same, Second Corinthians at the very end, verse 14, because this is talking about what Greg's talking about, too, in kind of a beautiful way. Verse 14, this is King James. <clears throat> now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph, that's glory, in Christ, and maketh make manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. So we smell good to
2: God <laughs> the fragrance oh does, that was, does
3: actually smell good savor mm-hmm. huh or aroma taste verse 15 mm-hmm. for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that's glory in them that are saved and in them that perish so if we're witnessing Christ to others we're doing we are the sweet savor of Christ whether we're witnessing to those who are like us who are saved mm-hmm. or whether we're witnessing to an unbeliever or savor to Christ. Verse sixteen. To the one <clears throat> to the one we are the saver of death unto death, that's you know, to the unbeliever, And to the other, savor of life unto life. And then he says, <clears throat> it's kind of like we would say, can you can you believe that? <laughs> and who is sufficient for these things? In other words, like are we this is a glory beyond human comprehension, really. <laughs> that's what he's saying, isn't it? <laughs> who, who is sufficient for these things? Like, are you sufficient for that? Right? Are, are you ready to be, to be, to be, to be <laughs> If we know how, how glorious that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, the 17 wraps it up. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Yeah. So, that's the action item. We speak in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God takes care of the
7: glory after us. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, unseen, Mm -hmm. since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal.
0: So how do we do that? Practically, how do we do this?
6: Can come back next Tuesday to find out?
0: Well,
5: yeah, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I could just leave it here and we could all say, come back next Tuesday and find out.
1: I wonder, what, what are they doing? Just helping him in his car? Yeah. Yeah, up soon.
0: He's been a lot of pain. He's been to emergency, like several times, just extreme sciatic pain and everything like that. Oh. Um, in fact, let me just pray for him right now. Father, we mm-hmm. just lift up Gil right now. Pray that you would just remove that pain, take away that pain, get him safely home. Um, just comfort him. It's very hard. We all know that when we're in pain, we can't focus on anything else. So, Lord, I just pray, take, take that pain away. Um, bring him peace, Lord. And just keep him safe. Keep him safe.
6: Be
7: I,
2: I don't want to
7: call him. Yeah. Keep his eyes on you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotta walk home to
3: get my car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so testimony reveals faith that he, he comes here when he does it. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, once we get him there, it absolutely
2: we'll
5: goes. How did you
2: get
5: here? I, walk, oh, I was going so to live a block right away. Right. A block away from here? Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, I can get you that
7: Walker. I'll come
3: here.
5: I'll come here. I'll I like, so I'm gonna go get my keys. I'll, I'll uh. I'll, I'll Sounds like they're gonna follow. Oh, go I'll, 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 I'll ride and get home and I'll follow and get you, him in his I don't worry about. We're gonna help Gil get home. Okay. Yeah. Now you're He's go. in Laguna Woods now. Okay. So Chad and I, are, we got a plan. Okay.
0: We gotta think.
5: I don't want to steal this room.
0: You, well, you can have that. It's, it's mine. Yours. It's yours. Oh, yes. it. Yeah. There I'll you try go. to keep it off. <laughs> so you guys, follow me in a moment? Come in handy tonight. Huh? I'm, I'm gonna go go okay. Okay. I'm gonna follow them. No. Then I'm
2: okay. gonna. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank Very you, Bill. Well. Yeah. Love you guys.
0: Experience.
5: I'll catch you up. We'll catch you. Thank you. How's Michelle doing? She's
0: struggling, so she's gonna keep her praying. <laughs> we'll keep talk about praying. praying. So what happens? So we'll just finish this off. Maybe we can next week pick up a little bit mm-hmm. of this. Which is, if you notice in, in chapter four, it start. It is really Paul gives the answer there. And I'm gonna sort of cut short of it. We discuss them more later we want to. But it, notice how it says. In verse four, chapter three, it says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbelievers to what? To keep them from seeing the light. So we remember I always said the glory is light, it's a splendor. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. A lot of words there. Who is the image of God? And then it says, for what we proclaim, like Tom just taught God, is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. And then it says again, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts that this is the glory of God, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In essence, what Paul is saying here, sort of cut it short what Paul is saying here is that the way we today experience that glory of Christ is through the gospel. It is through this. <laughs> That's what is so different about the Bible, what I guys ask you guys. Is that ultimately it says there, the knowledge, the gospel, it is referring to ultimately this entire body of work that when we experience that and we are in this Word, that the hope is that God through this Word is the way today we indirectly see that glory of God. As we come up here and we're reading this, as we read it ourselves, as we especially proclaim it, as Paul says here, we are literally participating and seeing this glory of God. And that is ultimately what changes us. That's why I say there's no, these other books will not change us. (laughs) Me saying something will not change us. It ultimately is us being in this. That's why, that's why we do this up here on Tuesday nights. It's because this ultimately, when we are in it, when we study it, when we proclaim it, when we pray it, when we speak it, when we really experience the spirit through this, because this is the magic of this, magic in quotes, The same spirit, the same power, thank you. The same spirit who inspired this is the same spirit that lives in us right now. So when we read this, this word literally becomes the face of Christ for us. That's why we go through the Gospel of John. And I'll I'll speak just next week at the very beginning as to what happens when we're not experiencing (laughs) it. Okay, I don't know, you know, oh, I'm reading it and I read the Bible and I come on Tuesday nights, but yeah, okay, I get a bunch of knowledge, but I'm not experiencing that glory.
2: Hmm.
0: Why is that? I'm not going to try to answer that right now, but we'll, maybe we'll pick up next week just talking about that quickly, and then we'll move back into John. But does this make sense a little bit? Is So really the answer is, and you asked a little bit, he talked about it, we do get to experience the glory of Christ today. The veil is removed, but we have to seek that glory, which we do through His Word, and that is what changes us. And a lot of times, it's the change doesn't happen by us. Oh, trying to make it happen. It happens to us by just literally learning to gaze at the face of Christ. This knowledge of Him that we have through the gospel. And if in that's interesting, I think of like. Um, Eric, who talks about virtue and stuff. There's actually a passage in 1 Peter, which talks about us being able to participate in this glory. And then he talks about virtue. But what's interesting, he places that in the center of the way we start changing in our virtue and how we treat others is we have to do that through us experiencing that glory of Christ. That's sort of deep, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this. But am I... Questions or thoughts or... That's what's so different about this. That's why we're in this. That's why we do what we do on Tuesday nights, is primarily do that, because the hope is we will hear this for ourselves and be changed by it.
6: In a way, when we read the Bible, we're entering into His presence.
0: We're not just in a way. We are literally entering into His presence. Mm. That's the way God's given us today, to be in His presence. But we can't read it once and be there. No. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. notice what happens, so that's a good point. The verb where it says, beholding the glory of God or being transformed, those are present constant verbs. It means you have to keep at it. It's not like, oh, I did it once, I read through the Bible or whatever it is. It's this constant, just like if I'm going to be, you know, know my wife, and start becoming, look, you know, like we're looking like a very couple. I've got to be with her. I've got to talk with her. I can't just say, well, I love you, honey. I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> you know? It's this constant being in the presence of God.
2: Yeah. And that's my
0: hope of what we're doing here. that includes reasons. prayer. It does include prayer. Yeah. It includes prayer. Includes worship. <clears throat> yeah. All those ways in which we're directing ourselves to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like what Pete said about
7: we'll never know the depths of the Bible. Yeah. We can never. Get too deep yeah, into it.
3: Can I mention uh-huh. verse, verse 6, to mm-hmm. chapter 4? Yeah. Um, just preface it by 6, because this talks about the light shining in darkness. So this is talking about Genesis, the creation.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: God said, let there be light. So yeah. there was light, and it shined in the darkness. So think of the massive
6: power of that. Yeah.
3: And then right here, Paul is, is, describes it. That's the word? To the light that God shines in our heart. The same power. Yes. So I'll read it now. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, Genesis, hath shined in our hearts Mm. to give the light, and this gets kind of complex, of the knowledge of the glory of God (laughs) in the face of Jesus Christ. But if you just cut off to make it, cut it in half and say, what are we to do with this light that God puts in our hearts?
6: Give
0: the light out. Yeah. Excellent. And that's what's so key about why I said we have to just not get it in us, but actually in speaking Christ, in proclaiming Christ, in fact, that's exactly what you said. For we, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. When we do that, when we're expressing Christ to others, we are literally participating in His glory. And we become more like Him. And we experience that light as we shine that light. Because that's ultimately Paul it. He shined the light and gave us his...
7: <laughs> but tomorrow, you're going to start it all over again. That's right. I, Not uh, just tomorrow
0: when you get home tonight.
7: I, I once <laughs> coached with a guy. Uh, he was a head coach, an assistant coach. But uh, we weren't just good. <laughs> we, we beat everybody and everything. Uh, and so at CIF Finals... We were in the locker room ready to go out. And he said, when we win, you are to stand up on the edge of the deck and we will walk back to it here. And then you can scream and holler all you want. But you will remember, we start at 530 tomorrow morning, (laughs) preparing for next year. So that's the way it It is.
1: What what sports team was that? Water polo. Water polo? for Corona Mm -hmm. Del Mar. You were on it?
7: 69. No, I was the assistant coach. Oh, you were assistant
0: coach. -hmm. So I was on the swim team through all high school and everything. And same thing. Every morning, 5.30 in the morning, we were out there swimming laps. Every Every morning. Every morning. And I think it's the same type of thing. We we think, oh, we do that for swimming. We do that for water polo. What more do we need to do that with the Word of God? Mm -hmm. You know, and just staying in it. We'll see. Yeah. So that's so that's my encouragement to you guys. Is that that's my hope. Is we get together here, that's really what we're doing is trying to seek God, seek His glory, Um, and that's my prayer that we do that this Mm. year. Um, So, Mm. all right, thank you guys. This was I didn't did a little different tonight. (laughs) I don't know. It's my first time really trying to even myself wrestling with all this stuff because I don't think I've ever seen a lot of this stuff before.
7: Let's see Uh, those guys taking off with Gil. that's,
0: That's. that's the expression of what we're talking. Amen. Amen. Very well put. All right. Well, Father, I just thank you for this evening. Thank you for these guys being out here. And again, we just pray for Gil. I uh, thank you for Bill and for Chad taking him home, Lord, uh, to just see the expression even in them as they are becoming like Christ. They are like Christ to Gil right now, Lord. Uh, just bless them. And I and I do pray, Lord, that You will help to see, help to show, shine that light of glory of the knowledge of You on us this week, Lord, that we may be changed
5: to become a little bit more and participate a little bit more in that glory of God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. amen.